Hi, this is Krista from Bowler X Pro Shop. You're listening to the Above180.com podcast. Don't forget to stop by BowlerX.com. Register for your free $750 Brunswick Arsenal. And also check out some of our great deals and always free shipping on every item every day. Above180.com, taking your bowling game to the next level. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews and coaching to drilling layouts. Now, from Washington, D.C. and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us today is Missy Parkin. She is the 2011 Queen's Champion. Missy also has two PBA regional titles to her credit and is a pro shop owner and a bronze certified coach. Well, Missy, I want to begin with you telling your story of how you began bowling. You've been bowling for since you were a, a little a little baby girl, so tell everyone that story. Yes, I actually began bowling at the very young age of two and a half. Um, my father was a professional bowler, and he owned and operated a bowling pro shop. Uh, since 1969, so I grew up in bowling center, literally. I was always in and around it, and I absolutely loved the sport, so I continued to bowl. Great, and talk about when you grow up and when I grew up bowling, we didn't have bumpers like they do nowadays. Do you think, uh, how do you how do you approach that, or what do you think of bumpers for kids as far as a uh, helping them as a guide for bowling? I think there's pluses and minuses to bumpers. Um, I do think for some of the really younger kids, it is more encouraging so that they don't, you know, constantly throw the ball in the gutter. They are knocking down pins and they get excited about bowling. However, I do see it as sometimes a detriment when older kids think that they need bumpers in order to bowl. You know, I think sometimes, you know, we need to wean the kids away from the bumpers at a little bit younger age than maybe um, is used nationwide. Missy, I guess uh, next question is, you know, you were looking at your credentials. You were far and above, you know, your age class and your skill level for your age and um, and moving ahead. How did you face any barriers or how did you overcome anything that you may have faced by someone who said, you know, back in the day, oh, this, you know, girl can't compete with us or what's, what's she doing out here sort of stuff? Because, I mean, let's be honest, you, you probably did hear that if not to you to your face, behind your back. So I, I, how did you deal with some of that sort of talk? You know, I think um, as far as me bowling, like, against the men, which I have done my entire career, um, I don't tend to listen to, you know, other, what other people say as far as negative stuff, like message boards, anything like that. I do never, ever read that stuff because uh, it, it doesn't do you any good. But um, I grew up, and my, I will say my mother for sure, um, brought up me and my sisters to be very strong women, and that we could, the attitude that we could, you know, do whatever we wanted to do if we put our heart and mind to it. And that's kind of the approach that I've always taken. I started bowling against um, guys when I was 16 years old in the junior tournaments. And my very first tournament, I bowled in the, the boys' division, and I, I won that tournament. And... Uh, then I went on to, to compete in the at the college level uh, in the men's division and had several accolades there. And so to me, it's just, you know, you're just competing. It doesn't matter if it's man, woman, who 
whoever, you're just really competing against yourself and the pins. So it doesn't really matter who your opponent is, and I try to not um, listen to any of the other maybe negative comments from other people because that doesn't do you any good. Again, joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Missy Parkin. For more about Missy, check out missyparkin.com. Missy Missy does coaching, has some pro shops that she owns out in the Los Angeles area, so check her out if you're in that area. And by all means, if you're even uh, looking for a coach, by all means, go out and see Missy, uh, missyparkin.com for more information on that. Missy, want to see you, speaking of coaching, uh, in the, the bowlers that you coach, I know it's, it's, it's very hard sometimes to, to put your finger on one or two things that you see that they're constantly doing, uh, you're constantly helping people with, but if, if you could maybe explain just a few things that you really think, uh, even in, when you go and watch a league at a, at a, I know on a Monday or Tuesday night out in the L.A. area, what people you constantly see doing wrong and what's one common or two common threads that they all have? Well, I coach a variety of levels, and I will say a couple things that kind of go across the board. Um, as far as coaching goes and things that people need to work on in general. Uh, one of the number one things is balance. I mean, you can go out and watch league and how many people, when they throw the ball, if they're right-handed, they step off to the right with their right foot. You know, they're not solid at the line at all. And that says something about their timing. And generally, it can also be from trying to throw the ball too hard or, or hook it too much or something unnatural that they're trying to make the ball do at the end. And... That is a really, really important fundamental that a lot of people forget about is that balance is just so crucial and important to not only hitting your target and seeing your target better, but it also gives you better leverage uh, to be able to release the ball properly and get the max amount of reps possible. So that's one um, thing that I really see across the board. The other thing, and this is going to seem so juvenile and, like, silly, but I guarantee you so many people do it, is we think, and me, myself included, I sometimes fall into this uh, bad habit, we think we're looking at our target, which for most people is going to be like at the arrows, some people at the dots, wherever your target is, but we think we're looking at our target, but right at point of release, right as you're going to release the ball, your eyes lift up and look up at the pins, and you're not really concentrating and focusing as hard as you should be on your target. And I see that a lot with a lot of people So if you're one of those people that all of a sudden, once in a while, uh, maybe once, twice in a game, are drastically missing your mark, I guarantee you you're not keeping your eyes on your target because no one is going to miss their target if they're actually looking at it by more than two boards. It's not going to happen. That also comes into play is for people that are like right-handed that have some issues with 10 pins and they throw it in the gutter a lot. That's one of the number one things that I try to stress is to make sure that you're actually looking at your target and not keeping your, um, not lifting up your eyes and looking at that pin right at point of release because that will make your hand go off to the right because subconsciously your brain says, well, i got to get the ball over there, and then you throw it in the gutter. So those are just a couple tips to kind of keep in mind. Great. And with the thing on balance, is there something you can tell the bowler who you said it's usually it's a timing issue? Uh, that makes them fall off to the right or the left, depending on if they're right-handed or left-handed. And there's something they can do. Is it just a matter of maybe slowing down their feet or getting their arm swing in their release a little bit quicker? Well, you know, the, unfortunately, there's no one answer for everyone. <laughs> That's not a generic thing that I can answer. What I will say, if people are having timing issues, 
Um, sometimes the best way to fix your timing is not to try to tackle your timing, but actually to try to just get into that finished position. Think of like, look, watch all the pros. You know, nobody's falling off to the right. Think of actually getting into your slide and then having your, your ball come through, your arm come through, and be in solid balance. And if you try to do that, a lot of times it will fix whatever's going on with your timing. Missy, Dustin Markowitz is doing a series titled on the website, which is on Above180.com. Uh, he's doing a series of articles called What Happened to Bowling? Going back basically from why bowling is declining in numbers, why the PBA is, is going down from their you know 36-week events to, to what they have now. Do you have, I guess, any thoughts on what you think happened to bowling and where you think, and even, you know, frankly, this even goes into with the women's PBA because, uh, you know, myself growing up, I remember watching the PWBA on ESPN, and then it was ESPN2, and then all of a sudden it was just gone. And it's, it's unfortunate because there's so many great women bowlers out there like yourself who don't get to, people don't get to show, they don't get to see it, the normal people, unless you go and search it out and seek it out, you don't get to see that. So what do you think really is is wrong with bowling today? I mean, it all comes down to sponsorship, um, really. That's the key to the whole scenario. Uh, that's why we don't have a women's tour anymore. That's why the men's tour is struggling. Um, we need better sponsors. And I think sometimes, uh, my own personal opinion, sometimes um, people aren't looking at a high enough um, company, per se, just because it's bowling doesn't mean we have to have a lower company. I don't want to name any companies. Um, but, I mean, we could go after some higher companies. Like, why not get Nike? Why not get CoverGirl for women's bowling? Like, why not? And I just think people are either scared or don't think that it will work and aren't really pushing that avenue enough. And I think that there needs to be a lot better marketing with our sport. And in order to get better sponsorship deals. And that's really why there aren't as many tournaments. And I know everybody loves um, watching the women on TV. I hear that all the time. I love watching the women on TV, and you guys aren't on TV anymore. And other people saying, you know, oh, the men used to come into town, and now they're not coming to my town anymore for the PBA tour, and we don't get a bowl with them. You know, and it's not that people don't want to watch bowling or see us in their towns. It all comes down to sponsorship, and I think there needs to be a lot um, better action uh, dealing with sponsorship and trying to get better sponsors for the sport of bowling and not just necessarily looking at the lower companies to do that. Again, joining us on the Above180.com podcast is Missy Parkin. Uh, check out missyparkin.com for, for some coaching information and, and all sorts of great stuff there. Uh, Want to finish up here, uh, Missy, really – just kind of talking about um, where do you see bowling going? You know, pick out, pull out your crystal ball, so to speak. We're wrapping up the end of this year. Where do you see bowling in the next, say, three years? Do, do you see a women's tour coming back on a limited basis, like you said? Uh, do you see the men's tour coming back, or, or do you see things kind of staying the way they are? Well, my hope um, is that there's going to be a women's tour and not on a partial basis, on a full basis, and that the men's store gets big again and um, has a lot of tournaments and goes to a lot of different locations. I mean, that would be the hope, definitely. I, I can't say where it's actually going to go, but I think that uh, something needs to change as far as marketing and getting sponsors go, and 
hopefully goes in the right direction and you see a lot more um, bowling tournaments out there because it's not like right now bowling is viewed as a negative. You're seeing bowling a lot in commercials, on TV. It's popular again with teenagers. Um, it's not like bowling's dying per se. It's not. So I think if we get the right sponsorship, we can definitely have a full tour of both the men and the women out there again, and I hope that that's what happens within the next three years, hopefully sooner. <laughs> Missy, I also want to uh, take this time to ask you, um, what I see in just my observations is people bowl in, in high school, maybe they, they bowl a junior program, once they get to be 18, they either go off to college and they're not quite good enough to make that co- collegiate team, um, and, and they kind of put bowling on the back burner. And then through their 20s, it stays on the back burner for most of them. Now, we're, we're not talking your elite bowlers, your bowlers who are good and want to bowl competitively. You're talk, we're talking your guy who may average 170, 180, a, a decent bowler who, who, if he kept bowling, frankly, maybe would increase. But, but then... Uh, when he gets to be around, you know, 30, maybe 25, he's now got a full-time position. He's a professional again, and he uses that bowling night as a, a night out with the guys or the gals. And what do we do, though, to keep people interested from when they leave that junior program to, you know, to continue bowling in college, even though they're not good enough or, or, or the skill isn't there to be on the collegiate team? I mean, that is a really good question. What I think helps a lot, too, are the colleges that actually still have bowling um, lanes on campus, like in their student union. Um, I actually just had quite a few people the last few days um, come in buying Christmas presents uh, for their son or daughter because they're going to be bowling, like, in a college uh, class, a bowling class. And I do think that that would help. I know these people, you know, you're talking would already be bowling in a junior program, but at least they could still be bowling, maybe get their friends interested. You know, they meet new friends in college and say, hey, I've bowled before. Why don't you join me and bowl the student union or whatever? And because um, it is, like I said, it, it is becoming more popular, like with the teenagers. Um, I see a lot of teenagers, at least uh, in Southern California, bowling again because it's a cool thing to do. It's fun and you can hang out with your friends and do it. And so hopefully um, that will continue into the college years, and I think it helps when you do have a bowling center on campus. So you could say, hey, in between classes, in between studying, hey, let's, let's go bowl some, you know, a few games. Get our minds off of the books, <laughs> you know. I think that would definitely help. The way things are, people lead very busy lives. Um, leagues as we see them now, and this is one thing that I I sometimes kind of struggle with people, and we go back and forth on some podcasts and such. Um, People committing themselves to a 36-week league or 32-week league is a lot of time commitment. Um, Do you have a thing or do you have any thoughts on maybe doing a a flex league sort of thing where you're not not as committed as you would be to a 36 or short season leagues, I know, are even becoming increasingly popular, or even, uh, you know, three-person leagues? I mean, anything like that that you think that would – maybe help bowling uh, continue to keep people interested? Because that's the other thing I think sometimes that maybe scares off a, a 20-something, sometimes at least, is, is they think, man, I don't want to be committing every every week for you know eight months or whatever in a bowling center, especially, like you said, in Southern California where the weather can be pretty nice. Um, you yeah. know, If you're, you're in Wisconsin or in the Midwest or somewhere where you get a lot of snow or something, you might want to. But uh, just any thoughts on... You know, how leagues, because these leagues were set up, you know, a, a long time ago that this is how it was. 
And I at least am the, of the opinion that you may need to see some of that change if you want to keep younger people interested because their lives are just too busy or they're busy for travel or they're busy um, with their family or they're busy bowling other tournaments out of town. I 100% agree with you. I think shorter leagues are really the way to go. Um, I mean, a lot of times now people aren't looking at bowling league for the money, really, across the board. They're going to bowl league to get away for a night maybe have a date night with their husband or wife, uh, get away from the kids, you know, whatever, or just get away from thinking about everything. And they, But they don't want to do it for, like you said, like eight months. Um, I think shorter leagues are definitely a better option. Um, fortunately, in California, uh, the popular league here, and it's because of where we're located, is going to Vegas at the end. That's something that is very, very popular here is they'll have Vegas leagues. So... Um, they still are longer leagues, per se, but at the end, they bowl their sweeps in Vegas. They get to go to Vegas for the weekend with the whole league. So say they have a bunch of their buddies all bowling the league, they all get to go to Vegas for the weekend. It's like a vacation. You know, something that's enticing um, versus just, hey, you're bowling 36 weeks and that's it. You know, if it's going to be longer, I think there needs to be some sort of enticement for them to stay that long. Um, otherwise, short leagues, I think, are really, really good. Uh, just because, like you said, everybody's really busy. I mean, life is busy. So shorter commitment, I think, would be a lot better overall. Again, 2011 Queens champion Missy Parkin, thank you for joining us today. Uh, would love to have you back again soon and uh, continued success in your bowling with the coaching, uh, running the pro shop, and uh, continued success with your bowling career, Missy. And thanks again for joining us today. Thanks, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me.